0: If you have a Bible, obviously turn to Genesis today, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4. And we've been walking, today's thought uh, is, today's thought is, uh, today's thought is this, this fell off. All right, we'll see if it'll stick now. All right, good deal. Truth and opinion. And here's something I want to talk about. Oh, by the way, let me go ahead and tell you today, today will not be politically correct. In fact, some of you are probably even going to say, especially those of you that live in this world and you're really immersed in the world, not talking about you personally, but you live in it, you work in it. This, you're going to even say, I can't believe he said that. Does that make sense? I can't believe he said that out loud. Because because here's because what I'm going to be talking about today is our culture and our, everything around us has so gone to this, this group hug mentality, everybody's right kind of thing. But the, but the, and, and I'm not one that goes against things just to go against them. I just am gonna stick up for what, what the scriptures teach. And I just want you to hear it. I want you to understand it most of all. That has always been my passion, is that you'll understand it, then it's up to you. But but as you take the, the, the thought here, the thought here, just think about the title. The title is on purpose. Well, that makes sense. I wouldn't just randomly pick up title. But the title is enough on purpose for you to understand truth and opinion. Truth and opinion. It's an incredible thing when people people will say, well, I think, right, if you're talking about opinions, then I want to hear you. I think blue is, you know, I think blue is better than red. Okay, fantastic. I hear you. And uh, I may be different there, but it's not a big deal. It is for some people, but not to me, right? Sometimes we allow differences in our opinions to matter more than they should. Because opinion is an opinion, right? Every, you know, we've all, we've all got opinions. But when it comes to truth... I know this may come across tough. I really don't care what you think. Does that make sense? Because if it's the truth, then it doesn't matter what you think because it's not gonna change the truth. If it is the truth. See, that's why our little world around us is trying to tell you, the educational system's trying to tell you, okay? Not all educators, okay? But there is no such thing as truth. So it relegates everything into opinion. Therefore, your opinion matters to everything, right? But if something is the truth, let me give you. Me I well, I I don't think God would ever punish people in hell. Okay, that's fantastic. But the question is, where'd you get that? What are you basing? What are you basing? What are you basing that statement of truth on? Right? Well, it's just what I th- okay, what's what you think. And it doesn't really matter what you think. There. Something's either the truth or not. Scriptures talk about because it's fantastic. And if you can't come to a point to where you believe there is truth, then you will never accept Christ. Why? Because He is the way, the Truth and the life, so if you can't get to there, then you will never understand who Christ is or why he came or what he did and I know this is this is this is going against a lot of things around you, and it it's going to it's going to pull quite a bit i mean you know i've already got people now at home on the on the internet turning me off right so but Hang with me here for you get up and leave some of you all right hang with me here and see oh, you know that is right jeff you're right there because because it is we have relegated truth down to everybody's thoughts about it and and if there is no truth if truth truly is what you think it is therefore well i believe and if we get the majority of the people believing well i think then that makes it the truth. That is not, truth is truth whether you believe it or not, as I've told you many times. So truth and opinion, truth and opinion. We have a little story that drives this thing home. And it's so simplistic, but it's powerful. And it's this story in in Genesis, because we've been walking through Genesis. It's this story of Cain and Abel, right? Cain and Abel. And so when you, when you look at this, this picture, you're going to find out is that Cain tries to make his opinion the truth. And I want you to know that if, if the God who created us, as we've been talking about over the last few weeks, is to be worshiped. And I want you to know that Jesus himself said, anyone who's going to worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth there it is again so i want you to hear this and here's another politically incorrect statement there's a right way and there's a wrong way it's just the truth well who are you to judge i'm not the judge lord help me and lord help you if i am the judge I'm not going to sit up here and tell you, you know, well, well, I think that we should. No, 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 no. We're just going to take a look. What does the scripture teach us? And then you, and then if you can understand, then you've got to make your decision. I will never force anyone to believe anything because forcing someone to believe something is not true faith. And that's just a waste of time. So I wouldn't, if I was king of America, thank God I'm not. But if I was king of America, I would never, to this point, I would never force anyone. Why? Because that, that's, that's, that's the worst. Because if, because the God of very gods who created us is, created us is not forcing you. He's giving you the choice. So why should I? Does that make sense? So if you think I'm trying to cram this down or force this, no, I'm wanting you to think about, is there such thing as a truth? Because if there is not, then it's a free for all, it's anarchy. And so we have then this teaching in the scriptures, which which is is just so incredible to me, these simplistic things. And so I'm going to talk about this, and just so you don't get nervous, all right? I have three things I want to talk to you about. I always have three things, all right? If it ever goes to seven or eight, people get real nervous, but I have three things I want to talk to you about today, all right? And we're going to spend 80% of our time on the first one, just so you don't get nervous when I say, okay, and now number two, you know, most of the time, anyway. But number one is this, number one is this, the comparison of their worship. This is where, this is where, this is where I want you to, I want you to learn something about what the scripture teaches and learn something about the difference between truth and opinion and how it really doesn't matter when it comes to truth, what your opinion is, you know, doesn't matter about my opinion either. That's why these guys who stand in my place and other places, when they stand up and start spouting a whole lot of things about what they think, you ought to have a skeptical ear to it. That's why most everything, that's why I depend on what the scriptures teach. Jesus said about the scriptures that thy word, that is God's word, is truth. So therefore, I'm going to share it to you, uh, not only as truth, but something for us to learn. All of us put our faith in something. It's just that our culture, most people put put their faith in themselves. And so if you put your faith in yourself, what you're saying is, I believe truth to be whatever I believe it to be. So if you do that, then obviously you've kind of rejected God's truth, or at least the truth of the scriptures, or at least I've rejected that that is God's truth, and I've kind of made up my own, and I'm going to figure out what's right and wrong and that kind of thing. So it's an amazing thing to me, as we understand. And what I'm talking about today is a big deal. You're going to see how big of a deal it is in just a minute. Take a look at Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1, okay? It's going to get worse, okay? All right, make it even a little more tense, right? Some of you are thinking, oh, please, at the back, turn off the internet so this can't get out and be recorded, right? Because these are sound bites uh, from people who would really like to, who would like to misrepresent because of the popular culture in which we live in. Interesting. Let's take a look at it. Genesis chapter four, verse one. And Adam uh, knew his wife that has had sexual relations with her. And she conceived and bore Cain saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother, Abel. Uh, Now Abel was the keeper of sheep, but Cain was a worker of the ground. So Abel became basically a shepherd and uh, uh, Cain became a farmer. And so it came down in those early days, obviously, is that the worship of, of God was, a, was something that, that was going to happen, and because God should be worshiped. In the, in, in the, so they came up with you're going to find out that they both knew what, what was supposed to be. And'll sh- you'll have to hang with me in a minute because I'll have to share that a little bit just in a little bit, all right. But it says that in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. and Abel brought uh, a lamb, probably, since he's a shepherd. He brought a lamb, of the firstborn, one of the firstborn of his flock, uh, and, and the fat portions that go with it. Now, here's the thought, okay? Of all the religions in the world, people say there's so many, and there are, you know? But in, in reality, there are only two types. And you'll see what I mean about it. Out of all the belief systems in the world, right? is, is and, and people say, there's so many. How do you know who's right? How do you know what's right? I want you to see that in this little story of Cain and Abel, it helps you distinguish quite a bit. Wow, aren't you glad you're inside? Okay. All right, so there's, there's two types, and, and there's basically, what is it? Here's the great question. What is it that makes a person right with God? Right. What is it that makes a person right with God? What is it that pleases God? Whatever whatever however you want to approach it. Okay? Now, Cain, they are they both knew cuz you'll find out I'll, I'll share with you in a little bit how I knew that how I know this a little bit later. But they both knew what God what God required. And that was that was a sacrifice. Well, one brought a sacrifice of basically the fruits of his labor, the work of his hands. So they were probably fruits and vegetables and herbs and fragrances and flowers and whatever he grew, uh, he brought that, you know, probably he brought the best of the work of his hands. And yet Abel brought an animal sacrifice and there became this picture. And God says, okay, uh, it says that God rejected Cain's offering, but he accepted Abel's. So we have two types of worship here. One is right, one's wrong. Nobody likes to say the, the W word, right? Wrong. I can't tell you. I can't tell you how much trouble you can get in with our world around us by just saying, no, you're Wrong. You know, and, and because everything everything kind of goes, this is pretty amazing. How dare you, you know, who do you think you are, whatever. But but again, it's not about who I am and what I think. It's about what does the scriptures teach. So there's two types, and they're represented here by Cain and Abel. Two types of worship. One, I want you to think about this. One represents good works. One represents my hard work going out, Producing obviously with all of the land and stuff and flowers and 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 you gotta think Cain brought the best of all of those things to the Lord. But but Abel brought a sacrifice. Why? Because guys, the picture is there. What is it that makes a person right with God? Doing a lot of good works, or is it the sacrifice of an innocent for the guilty? You got it? And you see it from the very beginning from the very beginning. And they were already told what they were supposed to do, again, which I'll share with you just in a minute. But Cain decided that he was going to try to earn it. And guys, you can divide pretty much every religion in the world on that basis. There are two types of religion, if you will. Number one is that those who have lists of things that you do and lists of things that you don't do. You go to this class, right? You, you know, you sit in the lotus position and you chant, you meditate so many times a day, you read these type books, you, you, uh, you, you know, you don't do this, you don't do that. And, and the, all of the lists and all of the things to do. And if you, and if you pray or do these so many times a day or whatever, if you do any of those, that is what makes a person right with God. And all of them have different lists, but in reality, they're all telling you that it has to do with your effort, your performance, your choices, your discipline, your whatever, in order to be right with God. And so, Again, that's, it can all be lumped out. And then you have over here, you have a picture is that there's no way you could do anything in your life that would make you right with God. And that's why Christ died at the cross. Okay. It's called grace. All right. It's called grace. Now, so, and I've had people tell me this politically incorrect number fifth statement, number 15, here it comes. I'd have people say, well, well, Jeff, that just doesn't seem fair. Is it see, these people over here just, you know, they've they've lived such a good life, they've 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 tried so hard, they've done so. It just doesn't seem fair. But see, that becomes the issue, is what I call the fair issue. F-A-I-R. Is 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 well, what seems fair to you, right? And so that just doesn't seem Fair. So I might be answering a lot of questions, but I want you to know what the Scripture teaches. Jesus Himself told a parable on that the being fair issue, right? And you're not going to like it, especially if you're part of this world. But Jesus told this. He told this parable, and he said, he said, a certain man uh, who was foreman, he went out to hire some men to work in the field, and at six o'clock in the morning. At 6 o'clock in the morning, he goes out and he hires a bunch of guys and sends them out to the field. Okay, I'm not making this up. Jesus told this parable. I just can't go back to it and read it to you because we're going to run out of time, I promise. All right? And so Jesus is telling the story. And and so this guy went out at 6 o'clock because their work day was from 6 to 6. All right? Aren't you glad we don't live then? That light just went out back there, didn't it? Y'all in the corner, you had to have seen it because... I can't let anything go. It's, it's the ADD in me. So anyway, a guy's the light went out back there. So later you can fix it. All right. Okay. Where were we? All right. So, so Jesus tells this parable and they had a work day from six to six. All right. Six to six. And so he went out six o'clock in the morning. hires these guys. He says, go out and work. They said, great. We got a job. Let's go. And then at nine o'clock, three hours later, he finds some other guys and he says, Hey man, go, go work in the field, go work in the field. They all went right. And at noon, this guy goes out and he finds some other guys. You know, he sends them out. He sends them out and says, I want you to go work in the field, and I'll pay you whatever's whatever's right. And then at three o'clock in the afternoon, okay, nine hours later, he finds some other guys. Sends them out in the field. And then at five o'clock. One hour before quitting time, he finds some other guys in the marketplace and says, what are you guys doing here? And these guys say, well, nobody's hired us. Well, go out and work. So they go out and work for an hour. Well, at the end of the day, whistle blows, you know. And so you line up, you line up to get paid. Well, the guys who had only been there an hour, they show up. And the, and the, and the, and the, Hire, the employer, pays them a full day's wages. Right? You know those guys are are, are pumped up, right? Well, the guys that had only been there three had been there three hours, he paid them a full day's wages. The guys who came at noon, he paid them that. And, and then it got down to the guys who'd been hired at six o'clock in the morning, and they all walked up thinking they were going to get more. Okay? And he gave them a full day's wages. And as people do, they begin to gripe and complain. And they said that that's not, but I ask you the question, is it? Of course it is. This guy, this guy has the right to do whatever he wants to do. And if he wants to be generous with a group of people, right, he can, it's called grace. It's called grace. And if you're looking for fair, then you will never be a believer because the whole concept of grace is somebody else sacrificing on your, for your behalf. And that's not fair, is it? No. If you're looking for fair, I'm telling you, you're standing in the wrong line. That light just came back on. <laughs> All right. All right. So if you're looking for fair, it's, it's not. Why? Because what Christ did at the cross is given, and you can't earn it and you can't deserve it. That's why those who are over here who think that, that they've lived a pretty good life when the scriptures that teach us that nobody's lived good enough. And so that's why you have this, this concept where people think it has something to do with your, with your, with your good works. But it doesn't. That's why all through the Bible, I'm just sharing with you what the scriptures teach. All through the Bible, it teaches this. Ephesians 2 is one of the clearest ones. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It says, by grace, you've been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Have you got that verse? Ephesians 2. Yeah, we'll go ahead and put it up. There you go. Let's try again. All right. For by grace, free gift, you've been saved through faith. And it's not of your own doing, it's a gift of God. Here we go, not of works, so that nobody can boast and be arrogant and cocky about it. Interesting, huh? I just want you to think about it a minute. So being right with God has nothing to do with how well you perform, or how well you follow the rules that's why people say sometimes, Jeff, you can't tell people that. How are you going to guilt them? How are you going to guilt them into serving? <laughs> well, I've found that truly people who come to know Christ, if you've ever stood in the line and you've got a family at home and you've only one work, you've only worked one hour, and this man gives you a full day's wage, you're grateful. Anybody who's truly ever put their faith and trust in Christ and understood his love and his forgiveness for you, then the response is, God, where's the line for me to serve? Where's the line for me to give? Where's the line for me to be who you've called me to be? That's anybody who's ever come into contact with who he is. But those who think that it has to do with their own performance, they begin to think that God's pretty lucky to have them. That's why it talks about so that no one can boast. And let me just tell you this, if you ever want to know why or, or why, yeah, why? If you ever want to know why religious people can be so downright mean and judgmental is because they think that their lives are better than everybody else and they look down on everybody else. Guys, if you're a believer in Christ today, you are just someone that got in line and got a full day's wages for one hour. And you are no better than the, than the guy that the third hour, the th- why? Because he gave you a job. Even if you worked all day long, you need to praise the Lord that he gave you a job. It's, you, it's just an incredible thing. That's why our culture has gotten so far and farther away from who God is. Because we think we're entitled to stuff. And we're not entitled to anything. It's a grace gift that God's given. It's an incredible thing to think about. It's not politically correct, but it's an incredible thing to think about. Right? So, so then the worship of Cain had to do with his own good works. And they were probably pretty good. But then you have, and let me go back to, let me. There, there's one verse I want you to see. We've got to go faster. You're not going to, you're not going to get to hear everything. All right, here we go. Jude 11, think about this verse. Now, most of you don't know anything about Jude, all right? It's only, it doesn't even have chapters. It only has verses because it's so small, but there's one verse that's tucked in there. Look at it. Woe to them. Woe to them because they've walked in the way of Cain. Now, what is the way of Cain? The way of Cain is making myself presentable to God by out of my own performance, good works, hard work, self-discipline, that's what makes me right with him. Interesting. Woe to them, for they've walked in the way of Cain. So number one, we have the worship of Cain. Number two, we have the worship of Abel. Now, Abel was an, was an interesting guy we don't know much about. We don't know much about either one of them. We only have a few verses on, either, on, on them. But he, bought, he brought... He brought, obviously, a firstborn of his flock, it says there in Genesis chapter 4. And it said that God accepted his. Well, how do we know that they knew what they were supposed to? Because a lot of times people say, well, Jeff, maybe Cain didn't know. They had to have known what they were supposed to do. Well, why? How do you know that? Well, in Hebrews, just look at this verse. This is classic. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Now, take a look at this. Verse 4. By faith... Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Now, it says by faith. Now, what do you have to have in order to have faith? In order to have faith, you have to have knowledge. Because as it's a statement I love to share with people. See, that's why my passion is to help people that want to understand. A lot of people in this room, I well, will say a lot, but because here in Florida, it's different. People come to church because they want to in Florida. By the way, that's very refreshing as opposed to where I'm from. You wouldn't believe where I'm from, how people come just because it's a cultural thing. But I have found here that most people come to church because they want to. And because there's no cultural pressure here, right? You know, well, you better go to church. There's none of that here. So anyway, but back to what I was saying. So, so obviously a lot of times when you think on on knowledge. That's why it's a passion of mine just to get people to understand because I have found that a lot of times people just don't understand and you can't put your faith in something you don't understand. Faith, the Bible says, comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. Therefore, for an order, can you put it back up there? In order for Abel to have faith, he, have to have, he had to have gotten what? God's word or truth. Same way with Cain. You see, when you get God's word, you have a decision whether you're going to trust it or not. That's why when people say, well, I think, well, if he's given you his word, then what does it matter what you think? Does that make sense? You're just being like Cain. Well, I think that God should accept, you know, my occupation. And what I bring to him. Yeah, but that's not what he told you. So Cain trusted himself rather than God's word to him. Am I making sense to you? That's why I make the statement that is rather offensive to some people. It really doesn't matter what you think when it comes to truth. The question is, are you going to trust what you think or are you going to trust what he said? Because a lot of times God will ask us to do things that we don't want to do. Then it comes down to who you're going to trust and who are you going to follow. Most people in our culture, our culture are going to follow what they think and what I want to do. And they'll even spin it. They'll have a spiritual spin to it. And they'll say things, well, well you know, God would want me to do what's best for me or something like that. And that may be your truth, but that's, that's a lie. Right? That's not who God is but you've kind of made it up so that you can kind of go and do and come up with your own truth and do what you want to do. So it's an incredible thing to me. When you look at, when you look at this verse four, by faith, Abel, and it says he was, it was commended. He was commended. You see the word commended is righteous. That is Abel was made righteous. You see, we're made right with God by grace, not by our good works. And I love this quote, I'm probably gonna say it three or four more times before we're done. But there is only one thing that makes a person right with God, and that's what Christ did at the cross. Now, you're saying, well Jeff, that sounds a little narrow-minded. I know, but I'm not making it up. Jesus said about himself, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So that's either the lie, it's either a lie or it's the truth. Does that make sense? And so, when you look at those things, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm just gonna stick with Jesus, right? I, okay, I, you know, if everybody else you can go out and do whatever you want, I'm gonna stick with Jesus because it is the only, it is the only thing in this world that teaches that God loves us and that, and that being right with him is a message of grace, not of a whole lot of works that you do. And I have found that that gives hope to every person in the room. Does that make sense? There is an actual, I want you to hear this. There is an actual worst person in the room. Yeah. I know who it is. I'm going to have you stand up. Would you mind? No, I'm kidding. All right. There is actually a worst person in the room. There is actually a best person in the room, right? And you'd love to stand up, right? All right. But both those people need what Christ did at the cross. That's why there's hope for everybody in the room. There is not a person in this room that has done things so terrible that God can't forgive them. Yeah. Also, there is not someone in this room that is so good that you don't need what Christ did at the cross. Because if you begin to think of yourself as being so good, that's where arrogance, that becomes the Pharisees, right? That becomes those, the arrogance that then reality keeps you from really knowing the truth. Interesting. Okay, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of time real bad. But listen, let me share with you a couple other things. Uh, in, uh, in Luke chapter 11 i just got to share with this with you about Abel. Because there's a little distinguisher here for you to understand. Luke chapter 11, verse 49. It says, therefore, the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles. So in God's wisdom, he sent people to warn us of his truth or to tell us of his truth. It says, some of whom they will kill and some whom they will persecute. So that the blood of the prophets shed from the foundation of the world may be charged against this generation. In other words, God says, I gave you my truth and then you decided to come up with the truth of your own. That became, down through the ages is what this is saying. And it goes on to say here, from the blood of Abel to Zechariah, from A to Z. The prophets from A to Z. Now, that's not how it really is. It's only in English, all right? But it's fun to look at here. So from Abel to Zechariah, These that came and tried to share truth with you, they still speak. Just like we're talking about today. That is the message that Abel shared was that in order to be right with God, he was commended as righteous because because of a sacrifice, the sacrifice of an innocent, which became a picture of what Christ was going to do. The Old Testament about, the the way you can sum up this, the Old Testament is about someone is coming, all right? The four Gospels is someone has come. And then the rest of the end of the New Testament is someone's coming again. And so you have these three kind of looks and, and you understand the Old Testament is just sharing, just like Abel did. And so... And so when you put these things together, it's pretty amazing when you think about it, right? Acts 10, 43, it says, to him, now who's him? Jesus, to him, all the prophets bear witness. Well, we just found out that Abel was a prophet. So we're understanding then that Abel and what happened to Abel was he bearing witness to who Christ is and what he was going to do. And what was it that Abel did? Abel obeyed God's truth, sacrifice of an innocent, And it became a picture of who Christ is. To him, all the prophets bear witness that everyone who believes in him. So for those of you who have ears to hear, those of you who are hanging on to what we're talking about, it's pretty remarkable because the whole Bible is about this. It just became so exciting to me because I grew up in a church that all I ever heard was the rules. All I ever heard was that's what made you. We were just just real good Pharisees is who we were, although I wasn't a very good one right? Because I got I got mad and kind of told some of them what I thought, and, and it didn't work out real well. But I, that's why I can tell you firsthand experience. You can usually tell people are believing in works by the way they treat other people. Because those who believe in works you usually get real judgmental and downright mean toward others. Isn't that incredible? But those who have stood in line and gotten a day's wages for working an hour. They're just grateful. They're just grateful. Interesting. Okay. Point two. I told you. (laughs) Point two is these consequences of their worship. Well, one rejected it. One was rejected. One was accepted. Therefore, one was told you're, you're right. The other was told they're wrong. I just want you to see it. In fact, what happened? What happened to, uh, to this thought you'll see in a minute because the consequences came in. In fact, even it wasn't like that Cain messed up forever. God gave him other chances. He was just not willing. But the consequences in Romans three, verse 23, for all have sinned. This is another summation of this for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Guys, we, if you've been a believer very long, you've heard this verse often. By the way, there isn't anyone who is not a sinner, right? Doesn't matter if you're a good one or a bad one, you are one, right? Doesn't matter if you have, you know, uh, you know, you know, a good, a good type of cancer, bad type, it's this cancer, right? Right. And when you have this faith and it says here for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, look at this and are justified. Justified means to be made right. The word justify means to make something right that wasn't right. Does that make sense? that makes sense? All right. By his grace, that is, you're made right with God as a gift. Right? You didn't earn it or deserve it. It's all over the Bible. Through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation. Propitiation is just a real fancy word of saying an atonement that, that justifies you. Right? To be received by faith. Therefore, you can't earn it or deserve it. You can only trust in it. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show, okay, his righteousness, okay, at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier to the one who has faith in Jesus. Now that may not seem like a big deal to you, but if you like writing your Bible, if you like memorizing stuff, memorize the thought just and the justifier. Now, a lot of people say, well, I believe, this is classic, I believe in the end God is just going to forgive everybody. Okay, great, that sounds good, group hug kind of thing. But where did you get that from? Well, I think, well, I don't care what you think. Do you hear why I'm saying that? Now, you say I like Ford over, over you know, Chevy. Okay, fine, I'm not gonna say I don't care what you think then. That's just an opinion. Knock yourself out. I like red over blue. I like whatever, and I like whatever. I like these vacations. I like those. Knock yourself out. But when it comes down to, I don't believe, I believe in the end, God is just going to forgive everybody. Why? If he did, he, back up, back up. The verse. Come on, guys. Okay. That he might be the just and the justifier. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, if God just forgave everybody, then he wouldn't be just, would he? When you look at a judge and he looks at a guy who's guilty and says, ah, <laughs> you, can, you can go free, then that judge is not just. So it says here that God wants to be just and the justifier, that is making those who aren't right, right. Well, how can you do that? How can you be both at the same time? of what Christ did at the cross all over the Bible. All of, it is the message of the Bible and most people miss it. We've still got whole Christian denominations that are still teaching. You got to do this, 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 and this in order to be right with God. And it's just not according to his truth. Interesting, huh? The way of Cain is a road that many people take. Jesus talked about it when he said, narrow is the road versus broad is the road the way of Cain is the broad road everybody goes down that one well you know if you ask somebody about God well you know I'm a lot better than most everybody else you know I haven't killed anybody and I try to treat people nice and they start talking to you about what their works that's the broad road that leads to destruction but there's a narrow road that's the way of Abel the few there are that find it Jesus said so finding it implies that somebody you're looking for it, seeking. Therefore, that's why the Bible talks about if you seek, you'll find. It's a pretty cool thing when you put it all together. Number three, conflict of their worship. Just about done. Conflict. But for Cain and his offering, he, God had no regard. That is, he rejected it. So Cain was angry. His face fell. He swole up like a toad. I can't believe God wouldn't accept my best well, your best is not good enough, right? People don't like to hear that. That's why it's not a politically correct message. I warned you at the beginning. His face fell, and the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Look at this. If you do well, will you not be accepted? In other words, whoa, 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 Cain, you don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to go off the reservation here. Think about this. God gave him plenty of more chances but he wasn't willing. I find that incredible. And then God warns him. And if you do not do well, sin's crouching at the door. In other words, I'm telling you what, it can go downhill from there real fast is what's being said here. This desire is contrary to you. That is, there's a battle in here. Right? But you must rule over it. Oh, there's a whole nother message there and I got to stop. You can read the rest. Then eventually Cain kills his brother because there's always conflict. There's always conflict that comes up when tumb- somebody, takes a stand for the truth versus what the majority of everybody else believes always going to be a conflict. You know, if you ever wondered why you can go most anywhere you can go in most any classroom, you can go in most any workplace and you can mention pretty much everything else. You know, you can mention Islam, you can mention Hindu, you can mention Buddha, you can mention, you know, you know, I, you know, I believe, you know, that I came, you know, from a pea orchard, I don't know. But you can say anything else, oh, well, that's interesting. I respect what you believe. But if you mention the J word, I mean, it's incredible. Jesus, in case you're not catching on. If you mention, if you know what happens. I mean, I have been asked so many times, I feel like sometimes I'm the official prayer. But when they asked me to do the opening prayer in Congress, first thing I asked, can I, can I pray in, in the name of Christ or in the name of Jesus? And they, they said yes, because I don't care what they ask me to do. You're not going to tell me, I can't pray for a body, you know, a body of, you know, of, that is in our country that makes so many of our laws. Why? Because, you know, when it comes down to it, it's through the name of Christ that what makes us right with God, and yet that offends so many. So there's going to be conflict, just like there was conflict here. A lot of times people hide what they believe so that there won't be conflict, but I don't think that's in the scriptures either. Amazing, what do you think? Jesus himself warned you in John 16. They're going to throw you out of the synagogue. Okay? Indeed, the hour is coming. They're going to kill you, and they think they're actually doing God a service when they kill you. Jesus knew these days were coming. Obviously, it was a back picture back to Cain and Abel. As I close, okay, if you've, you're just visiting, after the fifth time, I say, as I close, that means I'm really done. All right? I think that was the fifth time. But God bless you for coming today. The main thing I want you to understand is this. I want you to understand what the scriptures teach is the truth about who God is, not only his love for you, but the grace that he's extended to you. Doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. But he does want you to understand it was because of what Christ did at the cross and that Christ at the cross alone, nothing else. So what does it say? You've said to put your faith and trust in it. Lord, I trust your truth about who Christ is, what he came to do. Right? As opposed to, I'm going to do what I want to do, or I'm going to believe this about God or that about God. Well, where do you get that from? Well, I just make it up along the way. Then you've kind of made yourself a source of truth, which is dangerous for people. Right? So as I close, if there's never been a time in your life you put your faith and trust in him, there'll be some folks up here that would love to talk to you. Pastors. You know, workers, staff that know and can talk to you, they can talk to you. There's also some booklets that are out there that have, they're under the little sign, Got Questions. They have a little CD of a message I did, no cost. Grab one on your way out if you don't want to talk to anybody. But that is key. There's not a clear message you can hear about God's love for you and what He provided. And are you going to get in the line? That's, that's the line of grace. Or you're going to get in the line where you're going to depend on your good works. Those are your two decisions. Interesting. If you are a believer today, look at me. Leave out of here grateful. Leave out of here every day. Every day ought to be Thanksgiving for the believer. Leave you out of here grateful that he loved you that much. Right? that he loved you that much. Amen. Let's all stand. We'll have a closing work prayer. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming today. Come on up, Anthony. Close us. And, uh, and uh, looking forward as we continue through the book, we've got several other things, you know, to look at. Enoch, we're going to talk kind of about end times, rapture kind of thing. Uh, the, the, you know, the next time we're together, you know, Noah, Tower of Babel. There's some cool stuff through these first parts of Genesis before we finish up. God bless you guys. Y'all have a great day.